Welcome to India on 99.94, the home of cricket audio. I'm Nika Shrigani, host uh, for this uh, particular podcast on the 99.94 network, journalist, broadcaster and commentator based in the UK. My co-host, as you can see and you'll hear in a moment if you're listening to us uh, on the audio feed, Sarah Waris of Wisden. And uh, just a reminder that we are your home for India cricket content on the radio, on YouTube, or on your podcast feed. And we'll be right here several times a week discussing all the issues that are important to you. You can find us on your favourite podcast apps, YouTube, as I say, or in our very own 99.94 apps. So head to your app store and download that right now. Thank you very much for joining Cricket's Conversation. Today, we're talking about the Asia Cup 2022. Sarah, let's kick off then. How are you, by the way? You well? I'm good. How are you? How's yeah, the heat? good. Thank you. The, the heat's all right. The heat's calmed down in England at the moment. It's still quite humid, but it's nice sort of mid-20s, which is perfect, really. A little bit cloudy. The sun pops out now and again. So perfect weather for all of us. Perfect cricket weather in England as well. And it's quite non-stop, actually. I don't know. Do, do you guys get the 100 over there on TV in India? We do. Uh Honestly, I've not watched a single match. I didn't watch okay. any last year. There's a 60 starting from tonight. Don't think I'll really be watching that. Yeah, either. I mean, it's just yeah. taking it one step further, isn't it? The the 60 over There's in the Caribbean as well. There's just too much cricket. So there is chances you can get. Yeah, try and have a breather. I, yeah. I, I'm doing, from Friday, I think I'm doing three out of four days on, on 100 commentary duty for the BBC as well. So it's a no break for me as well. I've got football in between that as well. I cover football for the BBC um, on Saturdays. So yeah, it's basically a weekend full of sport and work and mm-hmm. trying to watch uh, the Asia Cup in between all of that, which of course kicks off on Saturday as well, Saturday the 27th over in the UAE. Um Look, we haven't had an Asia Cup, Sarah, since 2018, uh, pandemic, obviously, and, and everything else that went in between. So we're finally there once more. It's a T20 competition between uh, the best sides in Asia, which used to, I mean, you know, a long time ago, there, there wasn't really much competition. It was India, Pakistan and Sri Lanka, and that was it. Then Bangladesh came onto the scene and it was pretty much just those four sides. And And now there appears to be... Okay, not the same level of competition, but there are other sides knocking on the door. There are, you know, Afghanistan are already qualified for the group stages. And and as we speak right now on this podcast at the time of recording, we don't know who has done what in the qualifying tournament up until the end of that particular uh, qualifying round. But you've got teams like Kuwait, Oman, the UAE themselves as well, Hong Kong. So it's it's opening up the field at least, isn't it, to some of these associate nations to to have an opportunity to play against the better sides in Asia, which the World Cup doesn't do, the T20 World Cup doesn't do to the same extent, because you're looking at the whole world, more teams make the group stage, you get the odd one or two sides creeping in there like we saw last time. The 50 over World Cup doesn't do that, that's pretty much a closed shop now. So it's it's good, right? It's It's spreading cricket far and wide. Kuwait just defeated Singapore in the qualifier today and they have a very good chance of qualifying for the main round. We all assumed it could be UAE, but, you know, Kuwait have been so good and uh, they are on top of the table. I think they need UAE to lose their last match. I'm not very sure of the qualification scenarios, but 
Oh yeah, so it'll be like a dream for them. We saw Hong Kong a few years ago. They ran India close in the Asia Cup. Couldn't really get over the line, but. even these close wins playing against india you know is just a thing in their resume that we've played against india we've played against pakistan in the asia cup so yeah very exciting for them yeah it's a dream isn't it for for some of these yeah. associate nations but let let's talk about the big boys then and look we're going to preview india versus pakistan in more detail in our next episode here um ahead of that big monster clash on sunday the one that everyone's looking forward to uh, but what we know so far is that it's india sri lanka pakistan bangladesh and afghanistan already through to the group stages one qualifier to then be placed into india and pakistan's group which is group a and then the other group uh, consisting of sri lanka bangladesh and afghanistan Let, let's start with that second group then the sri lanka bangladesh afghanistan that's not a foregone conclusion is it because if you look at group a Okay, it's India versus Pakistan. There's going to be a winner. There's going to be a loser. But both of them are heavily likely to be in the Super Four stage, which is the next stage. All the sides play each other once in the group stage. Top two sides go through to the Super Four stage, and then they again have a round robin where they all play each other once, and then the top two sides go into the final from that Super Four. So, unless India or Pakistan lose to each other and the side that lost that one also loses to a qualifier maybe kuwait we're saying at the time of recording this podcast very unlikely to happen so india and pakistan you would imagine would go through to the super fours and you know i don't think that's that's really a coincidence maybe that that has happened um but then the other group it's it's quite open isn't it yeah afghanistan the weaker of the three sides but on their day as we've seen on a, on a few occasions in recent times in the last couple of years they can be stiff competition for anyone that that group i wouldn't say wide open but it's it's fairly open isn't it they have rashid khan and he is enough for yeah. most teams bangladesh sri lanka are they not consistent enough sri lanka off late have been doing pretty well uh but yeah it's anyone's game and uh, i'm not really surprised that india pakistan have been placed in the same uh, group with the qualifier you know just maximize the number of games india pakistan play in the event they are likely to play in the second stage also potentially yeah. the final also so yeah not really surprised with the groupings uh second besides india pakistan in group uh a group b will have more exciting matches obviously because three not consistent teams in consistently inconsistent teams uh you can say so yeah pretty yeah exciting i mean bangladesh might i mean look they they're playing down their chances uh, shakib al hasan the the new captain the returning captain of the uh Bangladesh side is sort of played down their chances of winning the Asia Cup or even making the final but on their day tell you what if they click but it's, I suppose it's the same with Sri Lanka as well but more so Bangladesh I think the way they've been playing white ball cricket overall over the last probably 5 years now maybe even a little bit longer than that especially in those conditions they're in the UAE the ball turns it's quite similar to playing in Bangladesh 
they can be a real handful and, and they, they, they should label themselves, if, if not anybody else doing it, as favourites to win their group, to beat both yeah. Sri Lanka and Afghanistan if they play yeah. well. Yeah, along with uh, Shakib, as you said, there is Mehdi Hassan also, who's uh, like both of them have formed a very lethal combo. There's Mushfiqur Rahim, who's been around for ages, Mustafizur Rahman. So, in no way would you say that Bangladesh can't qualify for the for even the finals. Probably, if things go their way, they can like one day, one good day. Two good days, you never know because the conditions will be in their favor. We've seen what they've done in conditions which help them. So, yeah, you never know what can happen. So, it, I mean, we've talked there about two spinners and let's just get into it. Look, it's, it's going to be a battle of spinners and who can bat against those spinners. Obviously, you've got to see out the, the very new ball and it might do something for an over or two in the UAE, but it's not going to do too much more. Beyond that, you might have your seamers coming in for the last couple of overs at the death and, and things like that. But ultimately, the, the spinners are going to run the show over in the UAE. We've talked about a couple of great ones there, Mehdi Hassan and, and Shakib in the Bangladesh camp. Sri Lanka have got Hasaranga. Now, Hasaranga, he's taken 39 wickets in 25 T20 matches this year already. 26 of which were in the IPL. No spinner has taken more wickets in an IPL season than uh, Wanindu Hasaranga. He's going to be a handful. And India know all about him as well, don't they? Yeah, they're not going to come up against him in the group stage. But they know all about him. They've faced him in recent times. They've been undone by him. A lot of the players playing in the IPL have been undone by him as well. Another massive threat that, that they've got. Rashid Khan as well for Afghanistan. But... The Hasaranga threat, is is he, you know, the stats would show that he's been the most successful spinner in T20s this year. Is he that good? Is he is he the main man right now? Is everybody looking up to him in terms of wicket-taking ability? Yeah, um, he, I think um, Kohli, like when India face off against Sri Lanka, Kohli, Kohli will have a very um, stiff battle against Hasaranga. Um Especially because of the RCB angle also. Uh, so, yeah, you had a very good point And it would be interesting to see because even Chehel is uh, right up there. Uh, just one correction. Chehel uh, won the Purple Cap this year for 27 wickets. So he ended as uh, the most... You're right. Uh, no, he did. Yeah. He did. In terms he of the... Yeah, the Chehel, Chehel. highest Played more though, right? Because he went through to yeah, the. Yeah, uh, he played more. That's right. Yeah. So in, yeah. in the group stage, I was talking about there. Oh, yes, right, um, yeah. Him having the record there uh, when in the Hasaranga and, and out of the group stage, 14 matches, um, yeah, nobody yeah. Has, has got more than 26 wickets. So that was the stat. So yeah, apologies for that, Jahel. Uh, pipping him in the end, but playing uh, more games uh, to do so. So they've got Hasaranga. There's no Chimera. Is Chimera going to be a big miss? We'll, we'll talk about. The other seamers that are missing uh, from the other sides in a moment, but is Chimera going to be a big miss for Sri Lanka? The experience, the the spearhead of the attack. Yeah, Sri Lanka again. Um, you know, just when things seem to be falling in place for them, they did very well recently at home in the few matches. They uh they have these injuries, which you know puts puts them on the back foot. So it's it will be a big miss. Um, 
I I would want Sri Lanka to do well. Uh, but yeah, let's see how like if they can live up to the pressure and the expectations. Yeah, I mean, we used to know quite a lot about the Sri Lanka side, didn't we? <laughs> Probably over the last decade yeah. or so, India have played them, you know, every year, non-stop, a couple of series a year at least. If they've got a break somewhere in the year, oh, let's play Sri Lanka, or let's invite mm-hmm. Sri Lanka here, let's tour Sri Lanka. You know, it, it was getting to a stage where it was getting ridiculous. So, look, there, there have been some battles recently between India and Sri Lanka. It has been toned down just a touch, uh, which is good because, you know... Sometimes when sides have played each other so often, and again, I know they're not in the same group, but they're they're likely to play each other in the Super Fours if things go to plan. And sometimes if sides play each other so often, it's it can get a bit dull. The players know the players almost nullify each other, don't they? The batters will know the bowler's strength. The bowlers will know the batter's strength. It almost becomes a bit dull. It's not there's no real surprise element to it. And then you look on the other hand with India, Pakistan, who just never play each other bilaterally. That is that's completely the opposite. You would like to see them play each other a little bit more often uh, in those bilateral series, perhaps. And, and you know, hopefully one day that will happen. And it's almost too much of a shock factor, like we saw the Indian batter just like rabbits in headlights when Shaheen came in and bowled that first over uh, and that first spell, really in the T20 World Cup last time around. Um, so, you know, you, you, it is quite interesting and, and it's good that there will be at least some surprise element with none of these sides really having played too much against each other in recent times. Um, let, let's stick on the spinners theme because we've talked about uh, Bangladesh, we've talked about Rashid Khan and, and the threat, uh, Mujib as well, um, from uh, Afghanistan uh, will, will be a threat, probably bowling in the power play. Sri Lanka's Hasaranga leading their attack. India have got an interesting one. India have gone really spin-heavy this time around. They've got Jahel, they've got Jadeja, they've got Ashwin, they've got Bishnoi. I mean, Ashwin, if you look at those four spinners, Deepak could be Deepak Huda as well as a part-time option, yeah. yeah. But in terms of the four frontline spinners... Ashwin's probably a fourth choice, isn't he, in this format mm. of the game? I mean, Bishnoi, you could argue, but Bishnoi has been preferred to him in the T20 international side in recent times. Is there any point in taking somebody like an Ashwin for this? Or, or is it just important to have him around the team for the fact that he's one of the senior players? He's got all the experience. He can almost be a mentor to some of the younger guys because realistically, he's not going to play, is he? Or is he? Again, not He's not done very badly in uh, whatever chances he's got. He has an economy rate of six, which is uh, pretty decent for a spinner. He did well. He's been doing very well with the bat also um, in the IPL. We've seen him. As a, as a pinch hitter yeah. at the top of the order. You see him yeah. coming in at number three for India in one of these matches, yeah. maybe, against the qualifier. So, Who knows? Yeah, you never know. Probably, um, you know, Last year after the IPL, they tried out so many spinners. There was Varun Chakrabarti, there was Rahul Cheher, um, Kuldeep off late has fall, totally like fallen off the radar. So India's strength was spinners, so to say, for the longest time. And now suddenly if you look look down, you're like, okay, who are like who are your top five or six spinners? You don't have so many spinners. Uh, in the team, there was Krunal Pandya, but he's nowhere there right now. Sundar is 
always injured very sad he's just 21 22 he's just been injured for the longest time uh so i think ashwin is i don't think he's going to play but he's in the mix to uh probably india making a team a group for the world cup and for the odi world cup next year and they are like settling on these four or five spinners so i think that's why you know just assembling the unit so to say uh he's definitely in the midst not only for this t20 world cup in australia the asia cup obviously he's in the squad but even for the odi world cup next year because yeah who are your spinners right now indian spinners it makes you like there're not many options so not a bad choice yeah. i'd say that's fair enough i mean when you look at the the seam bowling options no bumra of course um, he's he's out with an injury and they hopefully he'll be fit for the t20 world cup at least uh, there's no point in risking him before that if if even if it is just a niggle um, we don't quite know the extent of his injury but you've got buvi in there who with all his experience and his know-how and his success against asian sides in the past which were against everyone really but particularly against asian sides uh, he's he's got a decent record against pakistan as we know made his debut in t20s uh, against pakistan did so well and avesh khan is the other option and then arshdeep who's probably going to play he's your death bowling specialist uh, along with buvi you can do it both ends of course and then who else you got hardik pandya is is your fourth yeah. seeming option they they're not going to play four seamers and even if they do play hardik pandya he might not bowl in every game and that might be the route that they go down but it looks quite light to me in terms of firepower just you know you don't look as an opposition side at that india squad in terms of the fast bowlers at least and have sleepless nights do you it's it's not like facing up to somebody like a bumra or a shaheen shahfridi who's not playing as well and i suppose that nullifies the 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 thing from each side doesn't it they've both got their spearhead of their pace bowling out injured so um it kind of cancels each other out in that respect and yeah i mean you could look at pakistan as well but they have got the thing that pakistan have got they've got somebody like a nasim shah who and we'll look at the matchups in our next episode when we look at that India versus Pakistan match in more detail but you know for example they've got that extra pace that where of india got that you know hardik can crank it up a little bit when he needs to but he's not your 90 plus mile an hour bowler who is is going to scare the life out of somebody and if if these guys get into the rhythm because all right it's one thing bowling 95 miles an hour but like we saw with Umran Malik if you don't get yeah. in the rhythm if you don't put the ball in the right place you're going to go for a lot of runs and that could happen to Nasim Shah but on the other hand if he finds his rhythm one day he could blow away a side and take four wickets easily maybe more yeah. so that threat india haven't got and i don't know how much of an issue that will be on the uae wickets we haven't seen the wickets but the way they've been playing in recent IPL seasons and T20 World Cups and we we've seen the way things go out there do you think that's going to be an issue for India or do you think maybe they're just going with three spinners and and a couple of seamers or, or you know what what do you think the makeup of their side is going to be from the bowling point of view i think even uh, last year in the T20 World Cup squad they had 
थ्री प्रॉपर क्विक्स बुमराह भूवी शामी अलॉन्ग विथ शर्दुल ठाकुर एंड हार्दिक पांड्या ठाकुर आई डोंट या ही इज जस्ट दैट टू फिल इन द गैप्स आई डोंट लाइक रेट हिम वेरी हाईली इन टी ट्वेंटीज आई प्रोबली दे आर मेकिंग द सेम मिस्टेक दिस टाइम ऑल्सो देव जस्ट गोइंग इन विथ थ्री क्विक्स अलॉन्ग विथ हार्दिक पांड्या I think they will still play two seamers in their eleven, along with Hardik Pandya and two spinners. Um, I think that's how the makeup is going to be. Um, I don't think if that's the, uh, you know, the best um, way to go. But I think that's how it is going to be. Hardik Pandya, a lot will depend on his fitness. If he's fit, if he's not fit enough to bowl those four overs. India really going to struggle. So, yeah. Right. Just before we look at India's batting in a little bit more detail, uh, reminded that ninety nine point nine four is more than just this podcast. Of course, Jared Kimber has Red Inca that focuses on a deep cricket topic from the global game. There's also Double Century, a look at the history of the game, and also podcasts on other teams on this network here on ninety nine point nine four. You can go over and listen to West Indies. And uh, that's uh, called West Indies on 99.94. That's for the best Caribbean coverage that uh, there is in the world of cricket audio. England on 99.94. It's got the north and south of the game covered on that one. South Africa on 99.94, looking at the radically changing nature of cricket in the Rainbow Nation. You can find them all on your podcast apps on YouTube or via the 99.94 apps. So go and download that one. Right now, we can listen to us as well as uh, we move on to India's batting. So we'll, we'll we'll not look at maybe the side they're going to select ahead of their first game. We'll save that for the next episode. But look, Rohit Sharma, Kale Rahul, Virat Kohli, Sky, Huda, Rishabh Pant, Dinesh Karthik, Hardik Pandya, and Jadeja, Pandya and Jadeja, and and Huda. Your all-rounders, Bant, obviously one of your two wicket-keeping options, along with Dinesh Karthik as well. Does it look like what India need? Is it going back to the old school? Do you think? I mean, that yeah. will depend on the, the selection of the eleven, I suppose. But let's just assume they're going to go with on paper who they feel are the best batters there, and we we know what they're going to do. Those top yeah. three I mentioned are going to play: Rohit, KL, Virat Kohli. That's going to be your top three, regardless of anything else. Is that going to win India the tournament? Do you think it's going to be a big litmus litmus test for at least uh, KL Rahul and Kohli? Rohit has been doing decently. He's not got the big scores, but yeah, he's batting aggressively. He's like walking the talk, so to say. Uh, it's going to be a big litmus test for um, Rahul and Virat Kohli after the Asia Cup. India have. Sixty twenty eyes, ah. So you know, the Asia Cup. I ah, uh, I am not very sure how many matches India will play in the Asia Cup. Like one, two, four or five. Ah, uh, these four, nine or ten games in the next ah uh, few months is going to you know probably, um. Yeah, it's going to be a big test, and I won't be surprised if India don't pick. 
Virat Kohli for the T20 World Cup squad if he doesn't do well in these ne- next eight or nine games. Uh, this management has been taking the tough decisions. They've been backing the players they think is best for the side. So if Kohli, like especially the onus is on Kohli to, you know, he's been given the break. Everyone was like, he needs a break. He's been struggling mentally. He's been given that break. Um, so now it's up to him, you know, to just raise his game, not only bat aggressively like um, India have been batting of late, but constantly score those big runs at a faster um, strike rate. He's been struggling against spin no, um, and pace also. So, yeah, I don't think India would go in with someone who's struggling very badly for the T20 World Cup in Australia. And let's a quick look at some of the other batting lineups. Then, um, I mean, look, Bangladesh. We, we spoke about some of their their main guys in there. Mushfiqur with all the experience, Shakib with the X Factor as well. Uh, they, they've got a, a, a solid group that has been together for a few years now. Sri Lanka. It's been interesting with Sri Lanka, hasn't it? Because a lot of the senior guys um, have kind of made way in recent times. And this this new crop has come in with some of the senior guys still there and seems to have gelled really well on occasion, but then on other occasions just completely fallen to bits as well. They seem very inconsistent. I mean, you've got Afghanistan with the likes of Gurbaz at the top of the order and some of those guys, um, Mohammed Nabi, you know, but they're, they're, they're a little bit light uh, in terms of Afghanistan. In terms of Pakistan, a lot depends on Barber and Rizwan at the top of the order, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it goes without saying, really, they're, they're quite light in their middle order in terms of world-class players. They, they just simply haven't got any. Fakhar Zaman, you, you could say, on his day, coming in at number three, could cause chaos and win a game on his own, but hasn't really done that in T20 internationals in recent times. And then you've got Barber in the UAE. Barber's record is is fabulous on paper. Well, half of his record is good on paper. He's 695 runs, average of 53.46. That's the half. But then the big one, the strike rate, yeah, 120.66. That's not good enough, really, for an opener in international T20 cricket these days, is it? This That's probably... You know, back in 2007, 8, 9, that might have been considered good, very good on paper. But 120, I mean, we talk about, we complain about Kale Rahul scoring at 135, don't we, in the IPL? Yeah. And, you know, his international record, KL, is, is 140 plus his strike rate. So, in comparison, Barber's record in the UAE, where he's proclaimed as, as some sort of goat. And and look, he he is one of the greatest batters in the world across formats, without doubt. And he will go on to break a lot of records, and and he's great to watch. So we're not taking anything away from him. But just those stats, you know, people say how good he is in the UAE. But you look at the strike rate, and it's not as if we see low scores in the UAE. You know, if you go to places like Sharjah, and and even early in a tournament, even places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you can score big runs there. They're, when when the pitches are fresh. You can score huge runs there, and we've seen it in the IPL. We've we've seen it uh, over the last couple of years that you know scores of two hundred are quite regular over there, or, or in and around two hundred as well. So that strike rate not great, but when you look at his record against Sri Lanka in T twenties, 
79 runs in six innings, average of 15.8. And Bangladesh, 93 runs in five innings, average of 23.5. That might be a problem for them. He could turn it around, of course, and, and could kind of change those records and smash, you know, 70s, 80s, maybe even 100 against one or both of those sides. You know, he, he could do that. But at the moment, those stats wouldn't suggest that Barbarazm is, you know, at his best against particularly those two Asian sides. We know he's done well against India previously on his very limited outings yeah. um, and, and could quite easily smash anyone on his day. Um, but that, I think, would be a problem when uh, Pakistan look at that. Mohammad Rizwan, on the other hand, strikes at a, at a better rate. Um, but can be a little bit more of a risk taker as well. Um, how, how do you see their Barbarazo, batting lineup? I was just looking at his T20I um, stats. Is one twenty nine point four four. So um, I just had like I was just wondering if uh, he has an average of forty five in T20Is. Uh, so it makes you wonder. Like I was wondering if. Uh, in India, in the subcontinent, um, is scoring runs. Like, how do you really gauge a T20I star? Like, do you look at his strike rate or do you see, okay, wow, he's scoring at 45? Because Barbarazam, kind of with Kohli also, the Kohli has done very well in some T20Is. You can call him, like, a superstar in T20Is, but he doesn't have the best strike rate. So, you know, it... In the subcontinent, do you think the uh, people we gauge the success of a T20I batter based on his average rather than his strike rate? And is that the correct way to go? Because we've seen KL Rahul also adopting that approach. He has an average of 50, but will have a strike rate of 125. Kind of, do you think it seeped in the players' minds also, like from the very star that you know you have to keep on scoring runs and runs and runs and then just uh, not caring for runs is um, like kind of you know I know what you're saying it depends on the makeup of your side really and for most of Kohli's career he had so many other hitters I mean it's not as if he couldn't hit I mean we've seen some fantastic innings at brilliant strike rates from Kohli in T20s over the years so it's not as if he couldn't do it, but you need somebody to bat through, don't you? And Kohli is either opened or he's coming at number three more often. So, you know, you lose an early wicket, he comes in, he he bats through the innings and he's still scoring at a decent strike rate, provided that your likes of MS Dhoni, your Yuvraj Singhs, your Jadejas, whoever it is in the side at the time, is doing all the big hitting. And, and, and don't forget, Virat Kohli, has been playing for India for for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're going back even 10 years when he was, you know, first becoming a star, say 2012 to 2017, 18. He he was, you know, in most people's minds, the the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, he couldn't put a foot wrong when he was in an India shirt, in white shirt or in a blue shirt, whatever it was. He just performed more often than not. And the game has moved on even since then, even in the last decade, even in the last five years, the game has moved on so, so much. And that is when Barbarazm has played most of his best cricket in the last five years. 
then you've got a question, oh, is that strike rate good enough? Because if you look at somebody like Coley, you take the last five years off and you look at before that, it would still be quite similar stats, maybe, you know, slightly down on the strike rate, but the average was certainly up there, if not even a little bit better at that stage. But the game was a little bit different then. And the game has changed so much. The Indian mm. approach has changed. Um, so I think, look, it depends on the makeup of the side. But if you've got guys performing down the order and you know smashing quick runs on a regular basis, then, yeah, you can afford one guy at the top of the order who does that, who bats at 129, 133, whatever it might be, and has the good average and can bat through in innings more often than not, bat through 15, 17 overs and then leave it to the other guys. But... If you've got two guys doing that in Barber and Rizwan, and then you've got Fakhar Zaman and the rest of the guys not really coming in and being able to perform like they'd want to or like Pakistan would hope they'd want to, then that could be a problem. But listen, we'll discuss that all in a lot more detail on the next episode when we look ahead to the big one, India versus Pakistan. Uh, but for now, thank you very much for listening to us this week. And uh, we'll be back shortly with that preview ahead of India versus Pakistan. Thanks for listening to India on 99.94. Please rate, review and subscribe. You can download the 99.94 app from where you get your apps usually. And you can follow us personally on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Nikesh Raghani and Sarah is at Swaris16. We'll put links up for everything we do there on this podcast and beyond. And you can also follow our network at 99.94DM on social media. Remember, if you love cricket, then we are the home of Cricket Audio. Follow us for podcasts and commentary from the bat and ball world. Thanks for joining Cricket's Conversation 99.94. Get ready, race fans, because the ultimate NASCAR experience is about to hit the airwaves. Welcome to Pit Pass NASCAR, the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of NASCAR racing. Join us each week as we bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before. Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform or head to evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us. Launching in the fall on Evergreen Podcast Network. Follow us on social media at pitpass underscore NASCAR to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast.